Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank you, choir. Thank all of you for taking part in worship. Thank our praise team and all of you and those who have worshiped with us by other means. Thank you for being a part of our worship. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Psalm, the book of Psalms. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. We want to look at a sermon that I've just entitled, Coming Clean with God. Coming Clean with God. Psalm 32. This morning I had a brotherhood breakfast, had a good number present, fantastic breakfast. If any of you need eggs cooked at home, Shane Clay does a great job cooking eggs. Uh, Randy Thompson on the, with the bacon on the grill, fantastic bacon. Men, you're missing it, you're not here. We have a good time. Biscuits, oh, we just had a great time. Brother Tim Griffin shared with us this morning. And so we just had a good time together at 7 o'clock, had a good breakfast, and so I appreciate our men coming out early and, and meeting for fellowship. Psalm 32, verses 1 through 5. Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for an opportunity that I have been given to share your word this morning. I thank you for those that are present. I pray today, Lord, that we would let your Holy Spirit be our teacher, our guide, speak to our hearts. Lord, let us examine our hearts. Lord, this morning, as we see if there's any need of any type of confession of sin to you, may we stand before you as we pray without sin, having our sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus where nothing in our life would hinder our prayer. You tell us in your word, Father, that iniquity in our life hinders our prayer life. And so we pray as we read and hear and study your word this morning, you'll speak to our heart in a need, our need of confession. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. May we hear your voice in our heart mind, soul, spirit. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The other evening I was watching this detective show on TV. You may have seen it. It's called The First 48 Hours. And during this show, the lead detective had apprehended this suspect in a murder case. And before they charged the person with murder... They had to know for certain that this person was guilty of the crime. 
And so they interviewed witnesses. And the first witness and the second witness and the third witness says, that's the person. This is the person, gave the name of the person that committed the murder. And then they had a witness to come in, and he picked out from a photo lineup of 20 photos, he picked out the person that committed this murder, and he said, that's the person that committed this murder. And then they had video cameras at a local business, and they had the suspect on these videos and committing this murder. It's obvious who the murderer was. So with all of this evidence, they brought the person in. After they got him in the station, they carried him into this interrogation room, and they asked him point blank, did you commit this crime? All the evidence they had on this guy. They said, did you commit this crime? He said, absolutely not. And then he said, I swear to God, I didn't do this crime. And then he went and said, I swear on my mother's grave that I did not do this crime. Then he said, I was nowhere around the area. And they had they'd taken his cell phone and they tracked his cell phone and he was, he was right at the spot where this murder took place. And then they said this to him. They said, you can make it a lot easier on yourself if you come clean. If you come clean. Tell us the truth. If you come clean, you can make it a lot easier on yourself if you come clean. So the question this morning is this. Have you come clean with God? Have you come clean with God? You'll make it a lot easier on yourself if you come clean with God with your sin. Now, if you want to know the details of a, of a complicated subject, you need to talk to uh, an, ex, an expert in that field. And when you read Psalm 32, you're listening to an expert about sin, an expert on sin. David was one of the greatest saints that you'll find in Scripture. But at the same time, he's one, uh, one of the greatest sinners that you'll find in Scripture. And if you remember, David has seduced the wife of another man. And he arranged for the murder of that woman's husband. And for the best part of a year, David put up a bold front in front of everyone, regardless what the word on the street was. He was good. He'd not done anything. But at the same time, it haunted him day and night. And then God sent a prophet by the name of Nathan to publicly accuse and condemn this king, King David. And there from his own personal bitter experience, David writes a song. This is a song. It's, it's in the psalm. It's, a, it's in the hymn book of psalms. So he writes this song about his experience with sin. And so, first of all, if you take a note, what is sin? We'll look at what is sin. Sin is such a radical offense against God that the Holy Spirit uses 15 different words to describe sin in the Old Testament. In the first two verses of Psalm 32, you have four of those 15 words. You need to underline these words. First of all, in verse 1 and 2, these are words used for sin. 
the first word is transgression. Underline that there in verse 1. You have transgression. Then he mentions sin. And then he mentions iniquity. And then he mentions guile. Those are four words of the 15 used in the Old Testament to, to, for the word sin. So first of all, sin is a transgression. Sin is to defame. Transgression means defiance, meaning that sin is rebellion. Sin is a revolt against lawful authority. Sin is a revolt against lawful authority. If you have a child that says no, no, no to their parents, whatever the parent is asking them to do, that's transgression. That is revolting, saying no to, to legal authority, to appropriate authority, lawful authority. So sin is a defiance. It means rebellion. It means revolt. And then, secondly, sin is a defect. Defect. He says in verse 1, Blessed is he whose sins, whose transgression is forgiven, whose revolt is forgiven, whose sin, whose defect is covered. Whose sin is covered. Sin is a defect. Whose sin is covered. Sin means here to miss the mark, to fall short. It indicates that there's something missing in a person's life. A person has a defect in their life. They have missed the mark. Have you ever put, a, have you ever put something together like a barbecue grill? And all of a sudden, a very important piece is missing. And you stand there and you look everywhere for it. And you look to see if you put two of the same part on somewhere. There's a defect in the grill. And God's Word says there's a defect in everyone's life. They have missed the mark. To begin with, there's a defect. For all have sinned and come short, have missed the mark. So we have this defect. He uses another word. Sin is a distortion. A distortion uses that in verse 2. Calls it iniquity. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute. We'll get to that word in a minute. Iniquity. What's iniquity? Distorted. It means to be bent. It means crooked. The point is human nature is kindly warped. Human nature is kindly bent out of shape than what God would have it. Human nature is twisted in being what God would have straight for a person's life. And then he uses another word, insincerity, cunning. He says uh, deceit, in whose spirit there is no deceit, there's no cunning, there's no insincerity. David in his sin with Bathsheba, the murder of Uriah, he acted in revolt against divine authority. He had fallen short of the law's demand, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. He had experienced crookedness of heart. His heart was bent in a different direction that God would have him to go. And then when he failed, he failed, he pretended that everything was all right and nothing was wrong. All of this he confesses in the opening verses. Notice the opening verses. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and whose spirit and there is no deceit. So in two verses he used the word for sin, different words for sin, 
four times, four of the 15. Now, blessed, blessed. So the question is, what is sin? Then how do you feel when you confess your sins to God? Notice what he says. He says, blessed. Now, the word blessed there literally means to be happy. How do you feel? He just made a great confession, verse 1 and 2, 3, 4, and 5. So how do you feel when you confess your sins? You feel happy. You feel relieved. You feel joyful. You feel happy, blessed. Happy is the man whose sins are, what? Forgiven. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. The word forgiven here means to be lifted up. It means to be carried away. My sins have been carried away. They've been lifted. I've been forgiven. That makes me happy. If you go around sad all the time, check your sin. If you're just unhappy with the world, check and see what sin you have in your life. If you'll repent, if you'll confess your sin, you'll be a very happy person to know that God's forgiven you of your sin. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Blessed is the man David's sins were what? Covered. Covered. They were forgiven, then they were covered. The blemish of sin has been put out of sight. Not of gossipers, but has been put out of sight of God. God doesn't look at your sin anymore doesn't see your sin anymore. Your sin has been removed. It's been taken away. It's been carried away, forgiven, and it's been covered to where God does not look at your sin anymore. They, your sin's not there. It's been forgiven as far as God's concerned. But now God forgives, but people do what? They don't forgive. Now some do, but many don't. But God does. So happy, happy because the sin is covered. Verse 2, happy because his sins are not imputed. You see that word, imputed. So what does imputed mean? Imputing is an accounting term. It means to add to your account. I saw that found the suspect on this murder thing on verse 48, and they said, oh, he's got a big, he's got a long record. Oh, look how long his record is. He was imputed, his his record had been imputed, sin after sin, crime after crime after crime. And David says, happy is the man whose iniquity is, is not imputed. It means to add to your account. Your sin is not added to your account. Your sin is added to Christ. God doesn't place your sin on you. But when He forgives you, when He covers you, He forgives you, covers you, then your sin is added on Christ. Not you, but on Christ. Your sin's imputed on Christ and not you, not myself. So David said, happy is the man whose sins are forgiven. If you confess your sin, God is willing to lift them up and carry them off. If you confess your sins, He's willing to cancel your record. If you, if you confess your sin, God is, is, able to, is, is to able to cover the, your sin. I believe my mic went off. Is it? Yep, I'm showing red. We'll just fool the devil. We'll use this one here. God forgives us, makes us happy. 
Man's happy whose sins are forgiven. So if you confess your sins, he's willing to lift them up and carry them away and to cover them and to counsel your record. And only God can do this. And he does it because of Calvary. And so you have the pleasure, the pleasure we feel when our sins are cleansed. You know what sin is. You know the pleasure we feel when we confess our sins. And third, the penalty we face when sin is concealed. What happens if we don't confess our sins? What's the penalty? Listen, if you conceal your sins, you're going to pay a penalty. You're going to pay a penalty. Before David made a complete break with his sins, he tried to hide his sin. Let me just tell you something. Let me give you a hint. You need to write this down in your heart, your mind, wherever. Give you this hint. Sin's very hard to hide and to conceal. You can't hide it. You can't seal it. It's going to come out sooner or later. And let me give you a personal testimony. I have experienced in my own life, if I didn't bring my sin out and no one else brought my sin out, you know what happens? God will bring your sin to the forefront. He will make it known somehow. Remember that. You're not fooling no one. You may be fooling the preacher and your parents or your children or your spouse. You may be trying, think you're fooling a lot of people. You cannot conceal your sin. Eventually, it's going to come out. So in David's case, he, he knew what he should do, but he concealed his sin. And a little later, other people began to know what David was doing. I mean, too many visits to Uriah's house when he was gone? You're kidding me? The king going to one house all the time when, his, when the husband's not there? Bathsheba's visits to the king's palace? Really? You, they, they knew the secret letter that David had written to Joab, telling Joab, the commander of David's army, to make sure that Uriah got put in the heat of battle where he would be killed and not come home. The people knew that. So David tried to conceal it, but he couldn't. But look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, When I kept silent, my bones grew old. Though my, through, though my groanings all the day, through my groanings all the day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. And you got Selah. You know what Selah is? This is a musical. This is a song. Selah means to pause for a while. You, when you're reading the, the psalm and you come to Selah, you don't read Selah. So you just, you're just supposed to know that means to pause. You don't read it like, For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my vitality was turned into the draught of psalm or Selah. No, you just pause. You know what that pause is for? That pause is for you to think about that for a moment. And it would be, be like this. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. Think of that. David had always been a healthy person. He was a man's man. In other words, he was manly. But he was a woman's man also. We found that out. He was active. He was busy. He was an outdoorsman. 
He was really a man's man, but his bones grew old. The point is, when you conceal sin, there's a physical toll and effect on your body. It'll wear you down. Stress. David had always been happy. He was known as the singer of Israel. Imagine that. A singer, sweet singer of Israel, but not anymore. In a long time since he'd sung a song. Why is that? He had all this inside of him, hiding and building up. His sin, his conscience had driven him to just sobs and gri uh, driven him to groans, night a day and night, roaring, he says in verse 3, roaring all the day and night, groaning all day, all night. In verse 4, for the day and night your hand was heavy upon me. No more, a, no more a happy man, no more a healthy man. His vitality was snapped. He was spent. Pause. Think about it. Now listen, when, when we have sin on our conscience, we, we think we can hide it, we think we can conceal it, but you can't hide it and you can't conceal it from God. The point is, if sin is not confessed, if it's not cleansed, God will deal with it himself. There is a high price tag for sin. Selah. Think about that. There is a high price tag for sin. So the introduction, what is sin? It's transgression, it's iniquity, it's, it's uh, the pleasure we feel when, when uh, we, the sin is confessed. The personality uh, of the pencil we, we face when sin is concealed. And then let me close with this real quick. The pardon we find when sin is confessed. What about the pardon? You know, one of the most curious things in American history is the pardoning of uh, President Richard Nixon by Gerald Ford. It all began with just this minor crime on June the 17th, 1972. It was a break-in in the Democratic National Committee headquarters in Washington, D.C. It was covered up by people who worked at the White House. A lot of them went to jail. The House Judicial Committee approved three articles of, of impeachment, and they pressured President uh, Nixon to resign. He wouldn't resign at the time. But right before his arraignment, they were going to try him. Right before his arraignment, right before his trial, President Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon. Now, the problem with that decision is that you cannot pardon a person who has not been found guilty. But he pardoned Richard Nixon. Nixon hadn't been found guilty. You know why? Because Mr. Nixon never confessed. However, David did. Look at verse 5. I acknowledge my sin to you. My iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Think about it. 
Remember, anyone who's crushed in their heart by the knowledge and the guilt of sin can come and find a pardon that God offers when sin is confessed. Your sins can be pardoned if you'll confess your sins. You don't have to confess your sins to a priest. There were hundreds of priests in Jerusalem during this time of David. You don't have to confess your sins to me. You don't have to confess your sins to a preacher. You don't have to confess your sins to a priest. David didn't. What did he do? He just went straight to God and confessed his sins to God. And he said in verse 5, I acknowledge my sin to you. My iniquity have I hidden. I I, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. You see, David made it easier on himself to come clean with God. So here's the question. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Are you willing to come clean with him today? You're listening or watching or whatever you're doing, you're seeing this service today. Are you willing to come clean with God today? Are you willing to repent? Repent means to change directions. You're walking away from God. All of a sudden, you come to your senses and you know the way I'm going is not going to get me where I think I'm going, which is heaven. So I stop and I repent. I turn and and turn from the direction I'm going, and I turn to Christ, and as I do, I confess to him, Lord, please forgive me of my sins. I confess that, that I'm a sinner, and I need forgiveness. And now at this time, Lord, I believe the gospel, that Jesus Christ came, and he died on the cross, and my sins were imputed on Jesus, and he died for my sins. And if I would only except what he did for me and my substitutionary death on that cross, my sins will be forgiven. And today I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. Come into my life and save me, and he'll save you. Because he says in his word, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He says in his word in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the question is, are you willing to come clean with God? And for the ones that are here who confess to be a follower of Jesus Christ, do you need to come clean with God? You holding something back that you know is not right in your life? Are you, are you cold? Are you lukewarm? What's your spiritual temperature? Dealt with this a couple of weeks ago. What's your spiritual temperature? Is it what it should be? Have you left your first love? You don't love Christ as much as you once did. Are, are you loving anything more than you're loving the Lord Jesus? Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. You'll hate the one, love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money, meaning you cannot serve God in possessions and fame and status, meaning whatever you value more than the Lord, 
It's not, it should not be that way in your life. So how is it with you this morning as a Christian? Do you need to confess Thanksgiving is fast approaching? Be here Thursday. What are you thankful for? I, I heard something uh, this week. I read something in a mail out that I got and said this. And it's so neat. It says, what if God left you for tomorrow only what you thanked him for today? What if God left you for, your t- for you tomorrow only what you were thankful for today? What shape would you be in? Have a job? Would you have a house? Would you have a family? Would you have a church? Would you have food? Would you have clothing? Would you have an automobile? Would you have your health? What if he just left you for tomorrow what you thanked him for today? And so God invites you to come clean with him. The evidence is in. God says, it'd be easier for you if you just come clean with me in regards to your sin. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time that we've had. Lord, to, to open up your word and look at Psalm 32 and see the experience that David had in his life in regards to confession We remember Psalm 51 written shortly after this. And God, uh, help us to evaluate our life and see if there's anything that we're holding back from you that we haven't confessed. I pray for those that are here this morning. They've never trusted you and only you for their salvation. They may have trusted something else. May have trusted church or baptism some ordinance, but they haven't trusted you. And so I pray, Lord, that they would trust you and only you today for their salvation. As they repent and turn from their sin and turn to you and confess, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I ask you today to please forgive me of my sin. And Lord, I ask you to come into my life and save me. I believe with all of my heart that you came and you died on the cross for my sin. You were buried and you arose again on the third day. One day you're coming back. And you're coming back for your church. And I don't want to miss that trip. So would you ask him today, friend, to to come into your life and save you? You say, Brother Sammy, I don't understand all that. You just come forward and say, Brother Sammy, I won't be saved. And after everyone leaves, I'll share with you in a very, uh, a very in a quiet place, just you and I together. You come today. And Christian, examine your life. What's hindering your worship? What's hindering your prayer life? The Bible says in Psalm 66, verse 6, If I regard iniquity in my life, the Lord will not hear me. So if you have unconfessed sin in your life, when you pray, you're just really talking to yourself. So you need to get that worked out. Because God will deal with it.
if you don't. Lord, I pray now that other decisions that need to be made will be made. Thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing our hymn of invitation. Terry's going to lead us. Let's stand together prayerfully. Jesus. Well, again, I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. If you'd like to know how you could come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church at the address listed. We also encourage you to visit our website. Thank you, and may God bless you.